0: And now, for your listening
1: pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This Old Marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 270 of This Old Marketing, recorded on Thursday, May 6th, 2021. And with me, as always, my friend, my colleague, and maybe the only guy who's definitely not quitting his job at Basecamp, Mr. Joe Polizzi. How are <laughs> you, my friend? <laughs> Do you want to explain the significance behind that comment, or are you just going to leave well, it? Well, yeah, I mean, for those of you who may not have been paying attention to the news this week, yes. Uh, Basecamp camp uh, went through a bit of a tumultuous week. Let's put it that way. Um, the facts, as I know them... Um, are basically, there was some list going around the company or had been going around the company for some time on their Slack channel. uh, And the list was basically called the best names ever, which was a list of funny names of some of their customers. And at some point, somebody called out the list for being at best kind of mean-spirited and at worst maybe racist uh and uh arguments ensue discussions ensue then for some reason things got escalated very quickly uh and the you know the uh powers that be at base camp who of course are you know very famous for corporate culture and work culture and writing books on such uh, issued a decree um, that said basically, okay, no more political discussions on Slack. Mm-hmm. No more, uh, no more. You know, committees. Uh, we're doing away with the you know corporate perks um, that sort of force you into d- making decisions that we feel are right that you may not feel are right. A whole you know sort of you know a, a Jerry Maguire esque memo of basically you know that you know we're we're laying down the hammer as it were. Then I guess that didn't go over. At oh, I all. wonder why that didn't um, go over well. That's a, yeah, that's, a, exactly. that's a real surprise to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they have an all hands meeting where things start out okay and then quickly get heated. Uh, and then 30%, 30% of the company has since uh, resigned. Now, oh, I did not hear yeah. about that.
0: That, oh you not didn't that, oh yeah not yeah that kind of number holy max.
1: yeah 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 apparently yeah 20 of the 57 I think yeah, something like that yeah have uh, have have issued resignations and and are vocal about it on Twitter are you know saying why my only comment my only I will only comment on this one thing because I am not going near <laughs> anywhere near some of the other things. Uh, I will say this. If 20 people resign, you know, if 30% of the people resign out of your company, there's more going on it than passing around a, a silly list. It's I not agree. just this. I think
0: it's something there's, there's something else. I totally yes. agree with that. At,
1: yeah, there's there's there has been things baking for a while that this was a this was the you know, this was basically the the tipping point, as it were. So. So things have been cooking there for a while and yeah anyway well you know it's it's, it's it's just ironic right based on the fact that Jason and you know his partner there have have really built their content their their entire you know content marketing strategy on the back of being open a open about That's their right. their work culture and you know something else you know my wife said to me she said she said she said why on earth would you ever i mean look the the issuing such a decreed memo to your staff is one thing issuing it publicly is seems like the dumbest idea in the on the planet why would you do that i said you know i i don't disagree with that it's just their culture it's the way they do things right everything becomes a book or a memo or a blog post right so it's I, I think there's a lesson to be learned but, there. But I as think well. that's that's it's funny because there's a total separate
0: um, issue, not not personally affecting me, but somebody that I know that happened to them, and it went out on social media, and then the initial reaction was not to go call the person up or talk to them one on one. It was to issue a public press release on the on the matter. And I think for some reason, we've lost our way that we should just go talk to this human being and see what the heck's going on. Right. And ask, hey, what's your issue? How can I help you? You know, whatever. Instead of we always feel like our reaction is to either completely cancel it or we need to – get it on every social channel and say, this is our perspective and this is how we're handling it.
1: <laughs> well, there is, I mean, there's something to this, to, to the, I mean, I I get the pressure to do that, yeah, right? Sure. There is a pressure to get ahead of the story, right? I mean, you know, you've got a you, you know, getting ahead of this is, is critical in today's day and age where social media, you know, today it's a single blog post or a, or a Facebook post and then tomorrow it's the viral tweet that went around the world. And all of a sudden you're, you know now you're issuing a reactive press release not a not not something proactive but to your point it's like maybe we should just talk to each other i think that's
0: it and we've forgotten how to do that maybe it's because we've been in our houses shut <laughs> shut off from society yeah. for so long we don't even now understand how basic human co- communication works maybe that's it
1: well and that's and that's something else here right which is you know with this base camp thing you know and again i know nothing so i oh yeah well pure, this is the show this about is, nothing. this is pure this is this yeah, is right. if seinfeld this is pure speculation seinfeld on my part.
0: podcast it would be something like what we're doing it it's would be this not, yes you know we're just not as funny <laughs> we're just not or entertaining yeah. we're informational but anyways yeah. go on
1: uh, i was gonna say they have to i have to imagine that you know I, you know, I think they're in Chicago. Yes, is not that where uh, Basecamp is located? I, I believe it's somewhere there. And 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 in any event, it's in the U.S. And I have to imagine that they're all still working from home. Um, in you know, in, in large degree, maybe they're all in the office. In I don't Chicago, know, but I just but but it up. absolutely um, power of the web. But but the key is that. All of these things seem to be happening you know the whole thread of this thing is that electronic communications don't have tone. Even the memo that was decreed was you know was about the fact that you know slack lacks tone and, you, and nuance and you can't really understand what people are saying so people feel bad about having political discussion you know all these things right The rationalization behind all of these communications seems to be the thread that you pull all the way through it is electronic communications instead of talking to people. And I think that there's, there's a lesson to be learned there as well, which is, you know, when you do everything through electron, you know, when it's, when everything is through Slack email, you know, and, and, you know, threaded chat, it's, it's basically, you know, bad things are going to happen. Misunderstandings are going to occur. And that's, you know, the, the, uh, there's so much there. There's, there's so much there. Anyway, poor base camp. That's uh
0: Ah, uh, yeah. I I'm glad. I'm a bad I'm, week I'm for that. I'm not in that position right now. I don't have to yeah. deal with that kind of. Yeah,
1: you know, we we don't have
0: any policies, so
1: yeah, we have no policies. You can't really <laughs> yeah, get exactly. into
0: trouble. Yeah. yeah, I mean, right? Uh, my pop-
1: <laughs> yeah, I you know, I have one policy, and you know, I'm you know, I have one employee, and it's me, and I hate my boss. So that's basically yeah, you no sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, anyways anything oh hey I have to tell you this because it was an amazing experience went to the draft NFL draft
1: oh fantastic and how and how do you how are you overall feeling that you're Browns okay, well first
0: been? of all I have to tell you that it was wonderful getting out and it was yeah I can oh, imagine I can and, imagine. And I can you imagine. know everybody's wearing masks and what distancing somewhat uh drinking yeah, beer, yeah, sure. having a good time but it felt really normal Cleveland looked beautiful uh, we were in the vaccinated special section that you had to go through eight barriers to
1: get to. But once you got there, it was great. And well, that's fantastic. And so if you if you watched it on television, could you could you not be wearing a mask if you're in the vaccinated area? You, no, you had to have
0: a mask on. But if you were drinking beer, okay. you could. There were they were pretty cool about it. There were all these people walking around with placards that had the picture of this is how you wear a mask. But honestly, people are drinking beer having a good time everybody's vaccinated and you're two weeks after it's not that you just had it you had to have sure yeah yeah, plus yeah the absolutely period because yeah. i just made it by yeah. one day to even be able to go but anyways if you saw it on television you had the opening part where all the i guess the vip and they were all you know dressed to the nines in their own football attire and then yeah. behind yeah. there was a fence area and that's where we were and nice. so we're just now it's just about to it's dusk so it's getting darker but the browns don't pick for like 10 picks 12 picks or something like that so sure. we're just going through the motions watching all these people we never heard of get picked and then all of a sudden this is so this is pick 52 everything goes orange and it's it just got dark so it was, it was beautiful everything went orange and it said the browns are now on the clock browns trade up Everyone starts going crazy, which is weird because it's pick 52, so who really cares? Yeah. <laughs> but the but the right? thing that was different is on the board was J.O.K. from Notre Dame, and everybody at Cleveland wanted J.O.K., the linebacker. So yeah. he just kept falling and falling and falling. He was ranked in some t- number 12 overall. We're at 52, 51. He still hadn't gotten picked. So everybody thinks... Oh, my gosh, the Browns traded up seven spots. They're going to get them. Everyone gets all excited, but then you're thinking like a Browns fan, and you're thinking, well, there's no way they're (laughs) going to get this right. There's no way they're going to pick somebody else, like Doug Flutie. Yeah. So (laughs) there's an old reference. Literally, Doug Flutie. There's an old reference for you. But anyways, the whole thing happened. The name was called. They picked JOK. Everyone went crazy. And then... Uh, so then, you know, everybody's celebrating. You know, do the do the dance. Everybody's all excited, and then all the Browns fans in the section we were at left because Browns' next pick were like thirty picks from then, so that would be another two and a half hours or something like that. So we were able to go right to the front, and of course, we were with our friend Joe Kalinowski, who was in full right. Steelers garb. It was yeah, embarrassing, right. Joe. But anyways, he looked great in the Steelers' garb. He's the only one there, in the Steelers. Well, in our section, but all these Browns fans left. We were able to go right to the front, so he got a perfect view of pick fifty-five, which was the Steelers' pick, and he was nice in his glory. They picked a tight end from Penn State, which was great. But you know, since I went to Penn State, but but it was great. We had a fantastic. What time. a great
1: thing! Yeah, what a great was, time! I'm jealous. I'm absolutely jealous. Awesome. That would have been. It was a the really
0: the, earlier in the day when I had to get my my vaccine bracelet uh, and show proof of, of vaccination. It was 30 mile an hour winds going sideways with some rain, and I'm like, this is the worst day ever to have the draft. But by the end of the <laughs> right. day, it was about 50, 55 degrees and sunny, which was great for for Cleveland in, in late April. So beautiful. Yeah, you gotta love it. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. We should just do a football podcast. I,
1: we, we should. We should. But, uh, but the, nobody would subscribe to that. And, and everybody's like hitting right now, skip, 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 skip 15 seconds. So should we get to the news? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I really want to
0: talk Browns Cowboys, but we will save yeah. it for some other day.
1: We'll save for it for next, an adjunct For the next show. 20
0: yeah. episodes, we'll save it for. <laughs> exactly. All right. What do you got
1: this week? All right. Well, let's. We've got a lot of news this week. This was a big, heavy news week. um, And uh, we had to filter it down as we do. The biggest news that came out uh, in the last week is from our friends at Verizon. uh, And of course, they sold uh, their media businesses, which of course include Yahoo and AOL, to a private equity company. Boy, what a time to be in private equity! and so they sold this uh, the the both companies to uh, Apollo for five billion dollars. The cur the story courtesy of uh, CNBC, uh, opening up by saying Verizon is going to sell its media group to private equity firm Apollo Global Management for five billion dollars. The companies announced on Monday the sale allows Verizon to offload properties from the former internet empires of AOL and Yahoo. Verizon will keep a ten percent stake in the company and will be rebranded to just Yahoo. Uh, Uh, The sale will see online media brands under the former Yahoo and AOL umbrellas like TechCrunch, Yahoo Finance, and Engadget, go to Apollo at a much lower valuation than they commanded just a few years ago. Verizon bought AOL, everybody remembers, for $4.4 billion in 2015, and Yahoo two years later for $4.5 billion. So there you go, from $9 billion to $5 billion. How to make $5 billion? That's a great investment. Yeah, Start with 10, and really just uh, mismanage things until (laughs) it gets to five. Um, All right, the article goes on, of course, to talk about the history of both companies. Um, and talk about how it might uh, it might go uh, be do something in the going forward. What do you think? Wait, any any meaning to this at all, or is this just the end of the saga of Yahoo and AOL forever? Actually, somebody asked me this right as the news came out,
0: and I was reminded of Sugar String. Remember Sugar String? Remember when they yeah, launched? Oh, of course, that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. long story short, Verizon launches Sugar String, which was some kind of news tech site. In the first thirty days, they covered something controversial. And they shut the whole thing yep. down. Thirty days, yep. thirty. I mean, come on. So, and my take from Verizon is they just have never had a strategy when it comes to this. Uh, I think it's odd. Also, I wanted to get your take. Is
1: no strategy for oath? Well, oath.
0: it's. I, I, <laughs> what, what, what's weird? Okay, what's weird about the whole Yahoo and AOL thing? And I guess now it's all going to go to Yahoo. It seems like. They bought a lot of these things and they started to bring them together to make this big media thing. When everything that was working during this last little media renaissance that we've had is niche websites targeting a very specific audience. So while they were going wide, everyone else was going niche, and by the way, and then going to email and things like that and really focusing on their communities, and Verizon didn't do that. They were going, hey, let's get as many eyeballs as we can and let's advertise... Next to them, and that—that's not a model that works right now. So that's the direction they went. Terrible, terrible strategy. Now, what's really odd now, besides the fact that I don't think Verizon themselves have a good media strategy, is the AT and Ts of the world and the other, you know, big, you know, former television communication companies are getting into media, are d- doubling down. Yeah. I mean, ATTs AT and doubling down oh, on AT and T. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so yeah. it's yeah. weird. That they're going this opposite direction of where, where everything else is going when, frankly, okay, if Verizon makes a decision, they have a strategy that it's going to work for them, God bless them. It might work. Focus is always a good thing. But we all are media companies today. They are a media company. Yeah. at t is a media company. You and I are a media company. It just depends yeah. on how you want to approach it. So it's almost like now that before they said, "Oh yes, we're definitely a media company," and now they're saying, "Oh no, we're not a media company." And so, if I had to, you know, look at a crystal ball, Robert, and figure out what they're going to do next, I would say in three years they're going to buy some media businesses back and do it all over again.
1: Yeah, and, and I think you're right, and I think they'll they'll ultimately make the this the better decision that AT and T did when it purchased Warner. Yes. Right. I mean, you know, by purchasing Warner. They got, I mean, they got all of the DC library. They got all of Warner Brothers library. They got HBO. They, I mean, the, you know, you talk about, you know, an imbalance in the quality of what you're purchasing. Um, you know, Verizon had <laughs> Yahoo and AOL, and they have, you know, HBO. I mean, it's it's just not even comparable, right? So. I think if Verizon is serious about this, at some point they're going to have to actually make acquisitions that are meaningful in a way that, you know, that actually differentiates what it is they do and actually is a meaningful business with a you know with a with a good content strategy. And that's the you hit the to me that's the real
0: you yeah hit the that's the real ahead. lesson that's here. It. you said differentiates yeah. and strategy. There yeah. you go.
1: Do yeah. that and a content strategy, which is which is which is key here, is is that, you know. Like them or not, you know, Warner has a content strategy. They're a media company with a content strategy. And you look at somebody like a Yahoo and and an AOL. They were they never, arguably, since the days of Marissa Meyer had had a content strategy. They always had a they they had some sort of monetization strategy, but they never had a content mm-hmm. strategy. So that's 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 to me is the real difference. What's really fascinating, the little trivial. Tidbit here because one of the things that I couldn't get out of my head, like the princess and the pea kind of thing, which which was I always wondered I don't know if you remember this, but when Verizon bought Yahoo back in the day, back in 2015, they didn't buy the investments of Yahoo. They didn't buy Yahoo's 15% stake in Alibaba, nor did they buy all the patents and stuff that Yahoo had. And I was like, well, where did that go? go? And, and, well, do you remember Altaba? Yes. Yeah. So Altaba was the company that was formed by the sort of carcass of oh, Yahoo after Verizon came and cleaned it off its bones, which included the 15% stake in Alibaba and some of the patents and, you know, investment stakes in things like, you know, Eastman Kodak and Paperless Post and Geek and, you know, all sorts of things, right? So, Turns out, I went and go. Well, where did whatever happened to that company? Well, as it turns out, 2019, while we were all like getting ready for, you know, what the hell was going to happen in 2020, it they folded it up. They 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 went public for about 20 minutes, and then and then basically folded the whole thing up and divvied up the money, and everybody went home. So Jeez. there was a lot of money there. There there was a lot, there are many
0: people got rich off of that little of thing. Money. Oh yes, my god,
1: exactly. multiple billions of dollars. Got handed out in that uh, in that exchange, and so it made a lot of it made a lot of people rich. All those exchanges and sales and stuff like that. So it has that there going go. for it. Anyway, yeah. all right, yeah.
0: good for them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, and we should also mention, by the way, this is a story that was sent into us. Um, uh, speaking of acquisitions and media and big stuff like that, that Netflix. Um, the rumors uh, and, and basically there, this is an article that comes from uh, Bloomberg uh, that was sent over to us. The idea that Netflix big buy should be discovery. And the reason for that, speaking of stocks and public and all of that, is because of the, you know, the you know, stonks and Wall Street bets and all of that basically, you know, supercharged up the stock. Uh, and then basically, uh, Archigos, which is the equity firm that had all the stock in Discovery, the network, basically couldn't cover their shorts and went bankrupt basically, and dropped and by 50%. from that, yeah, the stock yeah the stock value dropped by fifty percent. Then now it looks like maybe Discovery is a target. And the article that we'll link to in the show notes says that uh, Netflix should go out and buy Discovery for all the HGTV and Home. Network shows. I think it's a smart idea. I like the article. I uh, what's think it's the valuation? I'm smart... looking at
0: this right now. What's the the valuation <laughs> of?
1: Uh... Oh, Discovery. Yeah, Discovery. Yeah. What? Twenty six billion is a rev. Is is what's a the market cap? Uh, I don't know That's the answer to that question. To... I would guess it's something, some very small multiple of that right now. I'm sorry. I want. I want to check because yeah. I want to see if this uh, if it makes. Sense. Oh, Netflix could buy it for for uh, pennies
0: on the dollar. Th- th- yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, with the stock oh, as low as it okay, is right well, now. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, it's still hey, it's still yeah. seventeen billion dollars. I mean, that's not that's yeah. not two billion. I mean, that's. I know they have the cash, and they would they would do a stock deal.
1: They spent twenty six billion on content last year.
0: Well, see Netflix now that's said, the, so, that's yeah. a really good point, point. and this is what I was thinking of when when this came up, and somebody shared this is. What do you, do you, do you spend all your money that you're going to have? Cause that's going to go up next year. What are they going to spend? 30 billion, 40 billion, whatever on content. Well, yeah. Is it, is it actually cheaper
1: or do you go acquire a is library? Is it actually cheaper yeah.
0: to buy a discovery and 15 mm-hmm. or $20 billion in new content? I think it might be. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a great, it'd be a great move. Now here's the thing now, since it's out, uh, Somebody else is going to buy them. It. It'll be an Amazon or it'll be, I mean, how many? God.
1: Somebody's going to buy it. Yeah. Amazon, Amazon would be Apple, another smart yeah. choice because they could monetize the hell out of that. at t could buy them. I yeah. mean, because Verizon, Verizon could buy
0: them. <laughs> Oh, my God. Could you imagine that? <laughs> Verizon. The, now, there's your content strategy for you. But, there you but go. yeah, I mean, we're well, we're going. I know we're going to talk about this, but, man, the, the opportunity for these deals to happen. I've never seen anything
1: like yeah. that, so. Oh, it's big. It's, it's, it's big. Well, speaking of deals, you know, this is the reverse. Ha- here we go, um, where we have, you know, the, all of the stuff that we talk about in content marketing. The headline that we'll uh, have in the show notes, of course, is that food, is it food 5-2 or is it food 52? Say I say food 52, but I'm not a it's member of the two, community, so I don't know. I, I That's exactly right. My wife corrects me every time I say food 52. Anyway, food 52 um, acquires Donsk uh plans. Plans. <laughs> plans. plans you just went
0: into <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just <laughs> i went full danish right there um anyway <laughs> plans for the danish designed homeware brands revival uh is a strategy that uh, food 52 has uh, employed the article opens up by saying at its founding community-based food website food 52 asks its readers to share their most food stained recipes those inherited from grandma, and often called for special occasions. In the food's latest business move, the uh, same sentiment holds true. Only this time, it's moving from the bookshelf to the serveware cupboard. This morning, Food Five Two has announced that it has acquired Heritage Home brand Donsk from New York-based private equity firm Center Lane Partners, and plans to get the Food Five Two audience involved in the revival of the nearly seventy-year-old homewares company. Here we go. Media company now. Who has already moved into the product space uh, is now acquiring product companies to expand their their product offering. I mean this this is you know to your to the point you just made like five minutes ago. If we're if we don't understand that we're all media companies now, this is it, right? Uh, I is, wish I
0: I mean you know the the my new book Content Inc is coming out in a couple of weeks. I wish I could have had this case study in because this is it. This is exactly what we're talking to when we get to the last stage, which is, you know, how, how do you create a real enterprise from your content initiative? Food 52 has done it. And so they have oh, to build the audience, build a loyal relationship with that audience. Then you figure out, okay, what are all the things we can sell? And products is an absolute great option, and they've done that through acquisition. I just... Mm-hmm you're gonna see you're just going to see so many of these deals happen now that the value and what what helps is of course the value these valuations on media companies have gone crazy and because these valuations have gone crazy and there's so much money now available for these deals and of course you mentioned venture capital it's just nuts they can go out and do these deals and right now money's cheap I mean it's we what did we talk about a couple episodes ago? If you just have your money sitting around in cash right now, and you're a big media, big any company, you are just losing fifteen twenty percent a year on that. So it is better yeah. to use that and put that to work. So you're actually, if you look at at the the monetary policy, <clears> if you will, behind a deal like this, you're saving money in the long term by acquiring now and in the next two years. And we're just going to see this happen more and more. So,
1: oh, for yeah. sure. I mean this is such a smart investment for them because one it's a great brand right I mean it's a brand that sort of it's it's one of those classic brands that everybody goes oh right Dansk I I remember you know you sort of have memories of it but you don't really remember why you have that great memory of it Um, and it's always been a you know a brand of high quality and, and all of that and you know, when you when I look at it from the from the brand and the content perspective of of a, a food fifty two, I go, it's just a perfect match, right? For them to to either, you know, rename Donsk you know, a food fifty two brand, or the other way around, or you know, or you know, in some way, just keep it, and you get this sort of classic, you know, this this sort of cl- this classic feel to it. It's. It, it, I mean, for managing their portfolio, it's just absolutely brilliant stuff. I, I. I. I'm. I'm a big fan of the way that they're the the way that they're they're going about this, which is when, yeah.
0: when you when you, when you're in a industry and you control the all parts of the. Uh, let's say the process of the distribution is that vertical integration right they call it vertical integration not horizontal right yeah or monopoly exactly (laughs) (laughs) well they talk about and they no vertical Vertical integration integration. is exactly right they always use apple as a really good because they control all the devices so everything has to go through them so they basically control every step of the way they have their hands on it so this is this is basically food five two or fifty two Saying okay, we're going to control every part of this. We're gonna you know, we're going to build the relationships on the front end. We're gonna educate them. We're yep. gonna train them. We're gonna entertain them, and then we're gonna sell them things.
1: This is I, mean, I yeah, it, not to not to toot our own horn here, but in my workshop, I talk about this on the content side and the media side about vertical integration. It's so funny you bring it up because uh, I was just thinking about it the other day, where I talk about how AT and T has done this. With their acquisition, you know, basically talking about the vertical integration of the uh, media supply chain, right? Everything from, you know, the closest thing to the consumer being the 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 device that you use, right? The iPhone that you pick up, the TV that you turn on your wall, you know, the iPad, the computer, whatever it is. That's, you know, so there's that. And so AT&T has big fingers into those mm-hmm. things, then you've got the, you know, the content distribution, basically the delivery system for that. So Directv, your Comcast, you know, your, uh, universe, you know, whatever those things are for at and And then just, you know, you go down the line all the way back to content creation and studios and all of that. And it's the, you know, they're basically what you see, Amazon, Microsoft, Netflix, Apple, you know, basically all of these platforms doing is taking a vertical integration approach to media and that, you know, it's, 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 if you just, if you just literally open it up and look at it and start plotting logos along the thing, you go, oh, right. And you can sort of see what the next acquisition needs to be. You can just sort of look at the gaps and go, ah, right. Apple right now does not have really a content studio. They don't have somebody that's really, a, you know, and, and and this makes a perfect argument for your for your Apple should buy Disney thing. They're not going to, but but, <clears> but, <throat> but they should <throat> buy some sort of content <laughs> yeah. studio. They should buy some sort of content studio. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, you know, it's just a side note. Before we go on to the
0: next news, I was listening to the Prof G Scott Galloway podcast. And he was talking yeah. about this idea of vertical integration he says you know amazon has it and um, apple has it but and google has it but facebook doesn't so facebook is in not even well, close yeah not even close but that's though. and that's yeah. the issue you know they what do they launch portal was sort of their device to start getting yeah and Oculus, an Oculus right? Yeah, but, they have but here's and the is yeah. you in order to get to Facebook, you have to go through an Apple or a Google or a Microsoft or something. Yeah, that's so right. This is I'm I'm sure I'm certain. I mean Zuckerberg's a smart guy. They've got a great team. They they will figure it out. But that you know, if you were to say, okay, which stock would you want to buy? That would be the concern about Facebook and their future. They've got to figure that out quickly, or they're going to get dominated.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, going on to our next story here. This gets right to Joe's favorite topic with regard to content creators uh, and our wonderful ongoing discussion about social audio. And this comes to us courtesy of TechCrunch. Uh, And here we go. Twitter expands spaces. That's the social audio idea that Twitter has had to anyone with 600 or more followers details, plans for tickets, reminders, and more. The article opens up by saying, "'Twitter Spaces, the company's new live audio rooms feature, is opening up more broadly. The company announced today uh, that it's uh, making Twitter Spaces available to any account with 600 followers or more, including both iOS and Android users.'" It also officially unveiled some of the features it's preparing to launch, like ticketed spaces, scheduling features, reminders, support for co-hosting, accessibility improvements, and more. Along with the expansion, Twitter is making spaces more visible on its platform, too. The company notes it has begun testing the ability to find and join a space from a purple bubble around someone's profile picture right from the home timeline. Um... I'm gonna. And the article goes on to just explain this a little bit more in depth. Um, I'm just gonna go on record saying, look, I got more than 600 followers. Um, You know, I I don't have it yet. I I don't. I don't. I don't got it. I don't know if Twitter doesn't like me or if it's been listening to the podcast or whatever and been hearing me bitch about social audio, but I don't got it yet. Do you? Uh, yes, I do,
0: Robert, actually. Uh, oh, yes, of was, course you did. Uh, of it, course it, you did. It wasn't a problem. I don't know. I don't know what the issue is. <laughs> actually, yeah. <laughs> I, but again, back to our uh, concept that we've been talking about forever, you know, you're beholden to a big network like that. They can do whatever they want. So they could withhold it from you for God knows what reason.
1: Yes, they might. But They uh, might. But, you know, a com- I heard I was, you know, there was the discussion about Trump and a Facebook, and then there was a big meeting about me and Twitter, That's exactly apparently. right. And, it's it's yeah. Trump and then you are number two on the list. <laughs> yeah,
0: they will revisit the decision at so a later co- date. So a couple t- takes on this one. First of all, I did not see the live events integration. And now that I've read this article at TechCrunch and see it, if I'm hopping or if I'm one of the other virtual event companies, this freaks me out. Because if Twitter gets into the live event space, which is what they're doing, this is exactly what this is. This is huge because you know what—you only need a Twitter account, and everybody in business has a Twitter account. And you want to launch your event on now. I don't know what the what the um, the UI is going to be. I don't know if they're really going to take it seriously, but if they do, oh my God, Robert! Can you imagine? You basically just go on
1: Twitter for your for your event. You absolutely could do that. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So, so, I mean, this is the clubhouse killer. This, we talked, I think, last week or the week before about LinkedIn. To, you think it's Twitter, and I think more we also LinkedIn. we talked about LinkedIn being a bit of a different kind of experience, right? More business focused, et cetera, based on the audience, the network, and what they would probably put into it. This, to me, is ultimately the the club. If it's if it works in a similar way with as good of features, this would be and the they, clubhouse and here's killer. And here is the
0: thing: yeah. is they don't have it yet. Like I and I and I tried Twitter Spaces. It's great. It's great. I think that they've come a long way in a very short period of time. But it's still, I still would take Clubhouse hands down from a usability standpoint. That said, Twitter will figure it out. I, I'm positive. Oh, yeah. I'm positive they will. Usability is the easiest part now, to I'll, figure. out. And I'll out. be honest with you. I mean, yeah. we talked about this. I mean, you know what I'm doing. So our, we're, I'm doing my book tour uh, on Clubhouse. Yep. I have eleven dates set up. We just had the first two. They went really, really well. Uh, but I have had some pushback from a couple of the guests that have said, "Why? What? Like, are you really doing the clubhouse thing? Like, <laughs> what? yeah?" They said. They both said, "Let's do Twitter Spaces." And I said, "Look, I want to, I want to try this clubhouse thing as an experiment. So I want to give it a shot. I think it's going to be the right decision long term. But you know, just the fact that I'm getting pushback on it makes sense. I mean, I think I think everyone in our little space believes that clubhouse isn't going to make it, except for a few people." I think depending on the topic and depending on the community you're trying to build, Clubhouse is going to be excellent. Clubhouse doesn't have to be a behemoth to be successful. The problem that and we talked about this on the last show, the problem is that four billion dollar valuation is an issue. They have to get big fast. And that that's an issue. But for you know, back to the point about Twitter, whew, this is I, I the the amount of different businesses that Twitter can go into now that they're open to it is just astounds me. And I know they didn't have the most wonderful um, guidance that came out in their results uh, that they announced last week, but wow, they, I, they could they could be in so many different businesses. That it's not even funny. So.
1: It's a it's a it's a big move. Um, I wish I could comment on its usefulness, but I don't have it yet. So, <laughs> so maybe um, next week. Uh, you know, we should try one. Yeah, maybe next week. And I, by the way, I did check for all of you. were going? Did you update your app? And It's like no. I, I looked to see if there was an update. There wasn't an update yet. So,
0: you know, you know what we could do? I when, don't know. When, or, or I could do this on the next one. I could just launch it uh, when we record the next podcast, and people could just listen in. and try yeah, it there.
1: Okay. Yeah, like like yeah, yeah that yeah, would be we could interesting. Try that and yeah,
0: see, see there be maybe get that three would- four people.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's so, fascinating. Well, yeah, all right. Yeah.
0: Okay. There we go. And we'll use my account. So <laughs> I'll invite you. There in we go. Yeah. Until you get to Thank 600. Thank you. I'm followers. so appreciative.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, all I do is bask in the glow that is Joe Pulitzi. That's that's my that's my life. That's my life. I even have a t-shirt. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we're moving on to everybody's favorite uh, idea which is when we Joe and I argue about NFTs for our next story um, so two stories here that we'll link in the show notes um, that NFTs are kind of back in the news the first one we'll link to is uh, courtesy of, of, of USA Today of all places uh, and it's from uh, ex CMI keynote uh, speaker Kevin Smith uh, the, of course the film director and he reveals why he's auctioning off his new film Kilroy was here as an nft the uh, the article opens up by saying Kevin Smith knows he's stepping into completely uncharted territory by auctioning off his new film Kilroy was here as a nft uh, a non-fungible t- is an an nft or a nft that's an interesting thing um, the owner of the Kilroy Nft will secure the rights to exhibit distribute and stream the complete Completed horror movie, uh, horror comedy, sorry, horror comedy anthology directed, co-written, and co-produced by Smith, making it a potential means for the new owner to earn money outside of the blockchain. And the article goes on to quote Kevin about how he's so excited for this and feels like it will be great and all those kinds of things. Uh, the second uh, article uh, is coming to us. Well, we're going to link right, right to the, to the source. source here because there really isn't an nope. article on this. Um, this is Gary Vee. Uh, who has launched a new site called vfriends.com. Can Gary do anything that doesn't have his... And anyway, I'm just I'm not going to get off
0: on it. Uh, yeah, hold tight um, here. I mean, let's talk about the yeah, concept,
1: v, not your v personal friends, issues. <laughs> Vfriends. V <laughs> the way NFT projects should be. Uh, this is basically... Gary launching a token, a, a his own coin, um, which will become a... Meet, if I'm understanding, you'll, you'll correct me if I go astray here. Basically, the idea is, is that by getting into his coin, you'll get access to events, uh, gifts, uh, access to online things, uh, and other uh, types of transactions that you can make. Um, and it's a coming soon. So basically, if you... Go into the site. Um, you'll be able to acquire these tokens um, and do things like, you know, get dinner and a beer, get you know a brunch with Gary. I guess I'm not sure really what all these things are. They look a little like fifth grader token uh, or fifth grader. Uh, uh, I don't know tarot cards. I guess they look a little yeah, like, kind of strange. I'm not sure, cards, but yeah. just explain yes. it to me. Dr. Polizzi, because explain it to me. Because both of these things seem absolutely ridiculous to me. Okay. Well, first of all, let's talk about the Kevin. <laughs> let's talk about the Kevin Smith thing. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, let's do it. Tell me why he needs an NFT
0: to do. He doesn't. This. He doesn't, he doesn't need an NFT to do it, but he'll he'll make a ton of money off of it because he's first. This is first mover advantage. Right.
1: So he's basically using the NFT as a total marketing buzzword way to say, I'm looking for somebody to finance my film.
0: Yes, I think so. And, but also he wants to say, nobody has done this yet. He's always been,
1: but of course they have, of course they have, of course, of course they have. Not with an NFT behind it. No. (laughs) Well, Okay.
0: Fine. Because here's the, here's (laughs) the difference. I mean, yeah, you, 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 it's automatically structured as a smart contract. If he sells this off, and whatever royalties yeah. that he takes off it on the back end, that automatically happens. That's the, that's basically a smart contract. That's what they do. It's on the blockchain, and these and it will uh, happen. And whoever buys that, and if it's resold and resold and resold, everybody makes money along the way, and it's done so automatically. Um, it, I think that I think well, this is
1: fl- no that, that that no no. But we yeah, keep going. No, but no, it, it
0: does it does, and, <laughs> and you just need to get off you know get off your own lawn here for a second. Um so I think with with Kevin Smith's case, it's a first mover advantage. Now I want to talk about Gary Vee's thing because I'm infatuated with it. I don't Okay. I'm not sure I can wrap myself around all the little cutesy cards that he has. And yeah. that I don't get quite yet. I'm trying I mean I'm on the page that has here's what you get. I'm infatuated sure. by yeah, the yeah. idea of the he's a it's a three year event. If you are a V friends whatever token holder, I don't know how that unlocks yeah. cuz a V friends token that is a fungible token, like a dollar is a fungible token. An NFT is a unique right. thing. So I'm under the assumption right. that you get a certain number of tokens, it unlocks an NFT, he's calling it an NFT. That's where it confuses me. Anyways, the idea of doing this as a super event and having it unlock con- so, so once you buy this nft or have access to this nft you unlock content and opportunities now yes could you do this uh in a different way with multiple different integration software integrations and multiple different integrations at the live event sure it can be done but this is where we're headed where you buy this one F- nft and you basically have access to a thing for three years and whatever level you buy into and you can resell it if you want to, and get somebody else gets that access. And it's just super interesting for the fact that this is the way that you're going to see events run two years from now, and it's just that's just going to be it. Every every ticket that you buy is going to be an NFT. Every ticket.
1: Well, that I don't disagree with necessarily. I don't I don't disagree that tickets are a great. I mean, I've talked about this many times that that tickets are a great uh, use case. For for NFTs, because and the reason I think that is because the, they are things that are valuable, that increase in valuable up until a, a, a time of an event and then become instantly not valuable. And that's that's what 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 a smart contract is perfect for. I mean, it's a perfect application for smart contracts. Well, and that, except in is, this case, is, that it, it can keep based on an event. Certain this thing needs to happen, and as soon as this event happens, it clicks over into some value has been exchanged on that one event. It's a perfect. It's a it's a perfect uh you know um application for but, the NFT type of technology, blockchain but, but, technology, But the smart difference contracts.
0: is, is that that NFT can continue to have value in perpetuity. That's the difference. For, yeah. because I'll give you I'll give you an example. I'll give you a quick example. Do you know crypto? Are you familiar yeah. with CryptoPunks? Okay,
1: y- yeah, and the CryptoKitties. Okay, so CryptoPunks, yeah, yeah. CryptoKitties
0: yeah. were so, sort of like the first. CryptoPunks is like the OG NFT, launched in 2017. Right. These are the ones that are going. You know, if you wanted a floor punk, which is the 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 lowest level of punk you can buy, it's going to cost you seventy thousand dollars right now just to get one. It is a big deal. People spend a lot of money for them. They. Larva Labs owns CryptoPunks, so they started this years ago. They just launched a secondary thing. They do all kinds of stuff, but the new one they launched was called Mebits. Doesn't matter. They're twenty thousand little things that look like they're out of Minecraft. It doesn't really matter, except for the fact that what they did was, if you were a CryptoPunk owner, it opened up it, that that particular NFT opened up you the opportunity to get a free Mebit. This four years after the case. They and they could do that. So th- what's what's amazing is is that you could have access to a conference, access to a piece of content, whatever the case is, and then you can keep as the c- content owner. You can ke- keep delivering value on that for years. So this is where I'm, and and I don't have it. I don't have my arms around this, Robert, by any means. But I'm just trying to think. Let's think for Content Marketing World, right? Content Marketing. Somebody pays twelve hundred bucks to go to Content Marketing World. Well, after that event's done, it doesn't. The experience doesn't have to end. They could actually use that ticket for next year, that NFT for next year, and keep adding upon it. And you act, instead of showing a board out there that says "I've been here for eleven years in a row," the NFT already knows that.
1: It's already built in. I, I, I you, you get no disagree with me on that, on that, on that, on that. I, I don't. The idea of using i mean look this this idea is as old as you know i mean it's old. the idea there of using custom currency to represent value is it it can be it can be explained in everything from the chips that you buy when you walk into the casino that the minute you walk out of the casino are worthless right to the loyalty points that you can buy when you fly frequent fires or you use your credit card or anything like that that in any other store are worthless. It's basically, there. it is currency that is good within the little nation state that exists when you walk into that that place. It's as simple as that. So when I see something like Gary Vee going, you know, and look, I, let me be clear, because we talked about this the last time too, which is I don't deny it's happening. I, I, I just, I really... I find the whole thing kind of silly is is is, the, is so I'm 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 amazed and intrigued by the fascination with it at the same time that I'm like, I, I, I kind of don't get it. Right. Which is, you know, when I see Gary Vee saying, hey, it's not, you know, basically what he's saying is we're going to have ninety four hundred tokens total for admission, five hundred and fifty five tokens for gifts and three hundred tokens that will give you access to me. Once those are so, in other words, I could go in and buy the whatever ten thousand and roughly eleven looks like 12 uh, 12 or thirteen thousand tokens. I'm not doing my math well, but twelve or thirteen thousand tokens, I could buy all of them if I was like a Gary Vee super fan, and basically, I'd be his only, uh, I'd be his only, uh, I'd, I'd be alone at his events. I'd have full access to him for lunch and brunch and brobe things and all the wonderful things that, you know, FaceTime Frog and FaceTime Fox and, you know, Courtside Cat, part of the Dream Team, Keynote Koala, Jam Session Snail. I'd be all of those things, right? I'd, I'd have I'd have a monopoly on Gary V's time and access and all that kind of stuff. It's the same thing as him basically saying, you know, and by the way, analysts have done this before as well. I mean, this is not uncommon in the B2B space as well. When you buy access to analysts like Forrester or Gartner, in many cases, what you'll get are credits, right? You'll get a number of credits associated with your dollars. So if you want an hour with an analyst, it's 14 credits. If you want, you know, if you want access to uh, the white paper section of a thing, it'll, it's going to cost you three or four credits. If you want to come to one of their events, it's going to cost you 25 credits per you know user. Same, same, same thing, right? It's basically associating a dollar value in this case to some sort of uh, unique currency system. And all it really does, it, just having lived this and done this for, for on the analyst side as well as in other businesses, the whole point of it is, you know, why do you go to a casino and buy chips instead of, you know, uh, it, because it disguises the amount of money that you're actually spending. That's that's That's, that's the key. truth. Absolutely a truth, and so and so. Th- so from a from a, as a marketing person, I go, all right, I get it. I, I understand why they're doing it. As a product development person, I go, right, I, I get it. I, I sort of get what they're doing. I the only thing I object to, like especially with the Kevin Smith thing, is I just I I, 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 the, I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, maybe I'm just being grumpy. I, you know, when I see him doing this, and I go. Okay, Kevin, all you're really doing is asking for somebody to buy your film before you make it. That's all you're doing. You're still going to have to hire an accountant. You're still going to have to set up an LLC. You're still going to have to do all the things that any production company would have to do to maintain the accounting of the film and do all the things with the rights and, and you know, distribution. You're still going to have to do all that work and hire all those people and figure all that out. All that stuff's still going to have to happen. And the NFT part of it is meaningless, is meaningless. And that's that's my only that's is, my How only is it meaningless? Be, what value does the NFT bring to the Kevin Smith thing? What value does basically, it basically somebody is going to buy it for an because extraordinary gonna, amount because of money a, if, if I'm gonna, going to have the rights correct. to do whatever they want with the movie. It's a contract. But that there's the but the NFT doesn't have anything to do with that the NFT the, the certification the, the little piece of code that certifies that one digital version of it is actually the unique digital version of it. By the way, it can't do that because what going back to what we used to talk about here, the real value is going to be. You know, we don't, I don't know how he's going to shoot this thing, but I'm going to assume it's either going to be on 4K digital or 35 millimeter film. The physical cassettes, the physical digital you know, storage of that original footage is going to be what is of value in the original thing there, not the NFT certificate that says one of them that we're putting online is the official No, no, no. The it's the certificate of that's it. of value. It's the
0: certificate that's of value because you're not going to put the movie itself on the blockchain. It's too expensive. You can't do it.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. Right? So, right. so it's, it's, it's the exactly, same thing as the Mona
0: Lisa. You can take a picture of the Mona Lisa, but having the original is different. Then the Mona Lisa itself. I agree.
1: That's my, you've just made my point. Thank you very much. What is your point? My point is, is that I, if I have an original copy of the Mona Lisa, I don't need an NFT. But I
0: understand that.
1: And if I own the rights to distribute and get money and make t-shirts and do all of that and I get, I get all the money from the Mona Lisa from selling all of those things, the NFT doesn't help me do that. The NFT doesn't help me do that. The NFT, all it does is certify that one version of the digital version of whatever no, I no, made. It is includes the original all the rights, and reproduction
0: rights, and merchandising rights, and everything. No, it, uh, In the, but it doesn't handle no, all of those things. It doesn't handle all of it those things. What do you think? Of this is like does right. it all by itself. It's the rights. That's it's exactly right. It's the contract.
1: What? What? <laughs> Not like any other contract? That you know the the fact that the 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 smart contract here is basically saying yes. For you know, whatever is going to happen is is is, is it, 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 you know the one v- original version of that will be, I guess I don't, I don't even know what what the contract would be, but 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 it's not going to preclude anybody from having to set up all you know like for example, if I go own the film and I and as the owner of the film, I make a deal with Regal Cinemas to show the film and I make a deal with them. That's going to say, Hey, listen, you, you know, your classic standard, you know, distribution, you know, you're going to get, you know, 60 or 70% of the revenue and we're going to get 30 or 40% of the revenue. I'm going to have to set up an, another NFT for that. Or I'm going to have to set up my own contract, my own yeah. classic, you know, but don't in physical contract. Don't you for that. think that right now it's,
0: you know, we're bleeding edge here. We're be, be, before the beginning. Don't you think that in
1: a few years, yeah. all that's going to be, very easy to do agreed i don't It'll disagree off. with well, that at all i just don't i i think that for the kevin smith thing to me the nft is totally i think it's market
0: yeah in this case it's marketing. marketing there's it's, no doubt about it but the fact is is that it somebody's got to be first to do it and i think that in the very near future those things will be automatic so let's let's say you wanted to buy a, a, the Beeple, 69 million dollar thing well, in the in yeah. the past, if you'd have all kinds of agreements and you'd have to look at it, you'd have to sign it and do this, that, and the other. And where's my where's all the documentation and all this stuff? Well, today you just have to hook up your MetaMask account and click a button and confirm it, and it's done. There's nobody else that needs to be involved in that. There's not a ten lawyers involved in that. There's nothing done. You click. You can do it all Your That's the thing with creator coins. It's like, oh, wow. You can, it's like a mileage program or a loyalty program. We don't know what it is yet, but the fact is that any creator
1: can do it with limited resources today. Uh, so I agree with that for a single transaction. But with anything like what we're talking about with Kevin Smith, we're not talking about a single tra- transaction, nor do we even know what the transactions would be. You can't know that a priori. You can't know, like if I go make a deal with Kevin, yes, I can create a smart contract con- you know that, 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 that automatically clicks over copyright and ownership to me based on his completion of the film and uploading it to some repository somewhere and boom, I've got my NFT and I legally own all the rights to it and I have all of those things and I get a download of the original footage and all, all of that is great. Now, what do I do with all that? Well, I got to go make deals. I got to go make deals with Netflix, and I got to go make deals with Regal Cinemas. I got to go make deals with T-shirt companies. I got to go make deals with a book publisher. I got to go make deals. I got to do all the things an entertainment and media company has to do, and Maybe, maybe to your point, at some point, all of those will be NFT smart contracts. They'll all be separate little NFT smart contracts that I make with all those people. Maybe in the future, it'll be one giant NFT contract that tracks all of those transactions. I don't feel as confident about that, but um, but the point is, is that in the near term, in the next five ten years, we're still talking making classic contract. LLCs businesses all of the stuff that any production company is gonna to have to do and so I, I might as, a, as long as I have to set that up for one all right I I, I might as well get all right efficient well,
0: we, about we're it. gonna you know we're blowing through our hour time here the <laughs> only thing I'm saying look I don't have all I obviously don't have all the answers I think you're making some very good points I think the problem is we're thinking the way business is done today and just think of when the first movie came out. And then when the first piece of content went online, we didn't have it all figured out. We've been a thousand steps away from that in a very short period of time. All those processes have changed. So this is just, we're just, we don't know. We don't know how it's going to be. This is just the first person doing it. The thing that makes me think about how we need to think differently about this is how ethers used online from Ethereum. Where people always think, oh, well, everything's always going to be done in a sovereign currency. It's always going to be done in the dollar or in the Deutschmark or whatever the case is. But the entire NFT, uh, crypto market, whatever you want to say, is running on Ether right now. Uh, absence of what the value of the U.S. dollar is doesn't matter. It's, it's a completely separate thing that has happened. I never thought that was going to happen. I always thought you'd look at it and say, oh, how much is it worth from a U.S. standpoint? They're not, you don't do that. It's how much is, how much is it an E? I, I,
1: I think you're right about that. I really do. I, I don't, I'm not bearish on cryptocurrency. I think cryptocurrency as a, as a concept and as a decentralized method of, uh, of moneti- money, a money, a money policy is the future. I, I absolutely 100% agree with you on that my only quibble uh, at this point and by the way to again to be super clear kudos to kevin smith for wrapping it up in this nft thing because he's going to get money he's going go- to
0: it's it's going to be huge for him
1: it's going to it's going to be huge it's you know and i can already see him sort of wringing his hands in his giant hockey you know sweatshirt going you know <laughs> i don't understand shit about this but i'm going to make a ton of money with it and it, it, great love it fantastic for him for doing that And I just think it's, you know, I I find it, you know, here's the interesting thing. I, I think my discomfort with it in many ways is that it does a disservice for the applications that I do think are positive with creator coin and cryptocurrency and the use of smart contracts. I think in many ways, this kind of application is such a distraction Maybe that's my real discomfort with it, is is that it is that it's it's such a distraction that it's taking away from the real value that is on the horizon. Well, Maybe You that's know, it. I don't have any problem for you know, whether they say the first one through the door is the one
0: that gets bloody. Whether it's and yeah, <laughs> whether it's Kevin right? now, I think that let's look at Gary Vee with events or Kevin Smith with the movie. They're both first through right now. They're both trying this out. Yeah. God bless them for trying it. Do they have it all right? Yeah. They have I, it all yeah. right? No, they don't. Right. I mean, and I and I go back to when we first launched a virtual event when I was at Pet Media in the year 2001. What a mistake that was. We lost our butts on that. But you know what? That paved the way for the virtual events we have now.
1: Yeah, So enough. I guess what uh, I'm saying you know, is they're I, not
0: going to have it right. It may be 5% right, 1% right. But in two years, we're going to look back on this and say, "Wow, they were the first through," um, and look look how it's changed, and look how it's revolutionary. I, you may you, you you may be, I, I will absolutely
1: admit so, to that. I I will absolutely so, admit. So to his I, v, um, so
0: VCon is going to have its corny little uh, pandas and whatever else they got. But I'll, I, I'm but I am intrigued. <laughs> I'm in, Gary. I'm totally in to see what you're doing. Yeah. And he's crazy enough to try it, and he doesn't care that he's getting a lot and he's getting a lot of negativity behind it too um
1: and oh, okay well i didn't i no, didn't There's see a lot of people that, out but, there
0: right. i mean he's basically in the dogecoin camp right now where people said, oh of course gary vee's got an nft and you know jumping on the bandwagon type of thing and he's not a real yeah. crypto guy and all that kind of stuff so but i'm like right. ooh, this i think this i think we're seeing the future right now so
1: yeah should we do yeah, ransom rates uh, I mean, we went off on a <laughs> Rants and hey. <laughs> this is this and your next 30 seconds, folks, will be your favorite part of the show, which is, of course, where Joe and I go off in a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave that makes us feel like we were at the draft or maybe waiting for the draft. Um, okay, okay, I'll be really quick. I'm just going to link basically to uh, a wonderful Digiday article that I found last week. Uh, the headline is, The Corporate Narrative Had to Be More Agile, How the Pandemic Has Intensified the Role of Content for CMOs. Uh, the article is just it's a wonderful sort of a roundup of quotes from various CMOs um, really talking about something that I've definitely noticed in my work um, over the last year which is the pressure that CMOs now feel to get good at content and especially at the brand level um, and create owned media content platforms uh, and get really good at this, build teams for it, build strategies around it. And, you know, our, our business is good right now and we're feeling, you know, we're feeling really good about that. But as I was telling you, Joe, you know, in, in some of the pre-show You know, if 10 projects that we've worked on this year, eight of them have been driven out of the CMO's office and all eight of those being brand driven strategies, whereas in 2019, it might have been two, you know, of the 20 projects that we did, you know, most of them focused on demand generation and, and uh, more technical aspects of content. So it's a fascinating article and just something that identifies a trend that we've seen
0: 12 years. Yeah, right. Exactly. We've been talking about that, getting to the CMO's office, and I guess it took a pandemic. Yeah, that's for right. That to yeah, exactly. All to right. get us. I have that's uh, yeah. that a great one, by the way. Uh, I have two two links that I'm going to put in the show notes. So this is sent by um, Disability Wire Media, actually, and uh, they sent this these two articles to me. And the issue was they had a problem with me focusing on. Uh, or not focusing on SMS or text at the top of the subscriber hierarchy. You know, in my subscriber hierarchy, I always have email at the top. You know, ah, moving yeah, from, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah boo scale. scale. Moving from the bottom, which is always Facebook at the bottom, and it will always be at the bottom. And then going up to things we can control, print subscribers because of the data, and then email. And then I've got membership groups in there. But I, didn't, I don't have anything like SMS or text. And they said, why not? And I said, I, I see it as more spam. I don't see people using this for a positive, consistent communication experience. Uh, I see it more as, oh, you know, want a 20% discount on something? Or let me spam you? Or are you in the area? And they use Beacon, Beacon technology. And I just didn't think it was anything content marketing related. I have two articles here in the retail space Uh, specifically there's this really good article in a uh, this is a stack blog called for the love where there's a taika i think it's pronounced which is kind of like a um, chilled coffee or some kind of chilled drinks and they've used a friends list on sms and it's grown rather big and apparently they've only got a one percent opt-out rate they do send some Texts and offers and or offers and stuff like that, but a lot of it is friendly information, ongoing communication. They do it consistently. So here's a couple of examples that we're finding in the retail space that people are actually using text and SMS. Personally, Robert, I don't, I still don't believe in it. Uh, maybe I'm I'm coming around if it can be done properly. I think that texting is still so personal; people don't want to get uh, something that you would get in an email. Uh, but apparently it's working for this brand and a couple other ones. So I'll put those in the show notes. I guess all I'm saying is I'm willing to be open to changing my mind on it. If I can see more of these examples, here's the first two that I've seen that are actually trying to make it work. Maybe it's a thing.
1: So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Um, if it's a value, I do like getting a text message, um, You know, and the only thing I can I can use as an example, I don't know why it's just probably because it's just very top of mind for me right now. But the covid stuff, the covid vaccine stuff I'm getting up, you know, I got, you know, basically when I signed up to go get my uh, my jab in my arm, you know, I got all of my information like, hey, here's what you can expect. Here's how to do it right. Here's what you need to think about. And and then, you know, of course, with that sort of my, you know, date and time and all all that stuff, all that stuff came to me via text message. And I was grateful because, quite frankly, it, it wasn't in my inbox, in my clutter.
0: Well, here's so, the diff- Yeah,
1: I, I think there's a point. I think there's here's a point the there. difference.
0: I for short term yeah. campaigns. I like it. Like, for example, this is years ago when we took the boys to Great Wolf Lodge and I wanted to know like, okay, go to the tiki club and get a deal on a margarita or go here or this is open now for your kids to go swim or something. That I liked. I'm there for a weekend. I want to know what's going on. I'm at Disney World. I wanna get the text updates, but I don't see it happening for long longer form things like you'd see an email or YouTube series. Fair that's enough. what I yeah, haven't yeah. seen. This I is the first
1: or videos or Ongoing
0: communications outside of an event. That's what I haven't yep. seen. Yeah, and this, these are the first couple.
1: Well, it's you know where you know where it's really powerful is location based exactly. stuff, right? Where you can take it take advantage of the fact that I'm walking by the, you know, I'm walking by a store and I get you know a how to. I think those like that. have yeah. great
0: applications. I'm a big believer in them, uh, it, but it's not there. Yeah. I mean, I'm wondering, could you send content updates if you were a brand and send it to a customer? And how willing would they be to not not opt out yeah. of that? Because in these cases, in the ones that we're sharing in the show notes, they said they have less than a one percent opt out rate. So apparently, they're doing okay. So yeah, that's there. You go.
1: Yeah, there's some cool applications of that, right? You know, you're on a train, and the you know, if your phone knows you're on a train, and if that could trigger a message to say, "Hey, listen, we know you're on a train. If maybe you want some reading, here you go. Here's a here's a white paper you could read." Anyway, all right. Well, that is it. for us, ladies and gentlemen, we are sorry we went over a little bit today. Sorry, we hopefully, not sorry. Uh, you enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. You enjoyed the discussion um, of uh, NFTs. Yeah. Two cranky old men sitting up in the theater box um, talking about NFTs. Um, I'm still wondering if it's an NFT or. But you know, a if you NFT. say if you say a, a NFT, non-fungible token, and if you
0: say, but the people say "an," that's right. have to be that's right. On an NFT, but it's very hard uh, to say that.
1: Uh, that's correct. We'll That's figure right. it out. Right. Somebody look
0: okay. it up and send it to us,
1: yeah. please. No, I'm sure that I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. I'm always wrong when it comes to grammar. Anyway, we're signing off. If you want to get all the goodness, like if you haven't had enough of more than an hour of us nonsense today, and get more of the goodness of this podcast, the show notes, dive into any of the other 269 episodes here. Just get on over, won't you just move on over, just head on over, just surf on over to our shiny new website, thisoldmarketing.site. We want to thank the wonderful folks at Radix for powering our thisoldmarketing.site. Of course, you want your own .site domain, get over to Radix and they can help you do all of those wonderful things. Until we meet again, just remember folks, it's your story to tell, tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing.